do not have to be a victim to your genes. Instead, you can be the master of your future. The Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality, communication, and relationships. Welcome to The Daily Huddle. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Daily Huddle. Good morning, Facebook. Good morning to each and every one of you that has got up and has made the decision to spend your time right here, right now, with me on The Daily Huddle. My name is Vince Rauchy, myself and Roland Venato. We are the co-hosts of the health, wellness, and vitality show, except this morning I'm flying solo because the amazing Roland Venata is traveling and cannot be with us. So you had to hear a quote from me and not a joke from Roland Venata. I started us off with You do not have to be a victim of your genes. Instead, you can be the master of your destiny. I started with this because how many people have a chronic illness and when they go to the doctor, they are asked, well, do you have a family history of X? The X is high blood pressure. The X could be diabetes. The X could be cancer. The X could be heart disease and on and on and on. And doctors will ask you, do you have a family history of this illness? And it bothers me that we get asked that question about family history. It bothers me for a couple of reasons. Reason number one, you can't change your family history. Your family history is what it is. And so if you are asked, does this run in your family? Anybody in your family have stomach cancers? Anybody in your family have prostate cancer? Anybody in your family have diabetes? Any family have heart disease? We get asked these questions and you can't change your family history. All it does is affects your mentality and it changes you from thinking of yourself as having control to yourself as being a victim because you can't change your family history. Now, all of a sudden you're like, oh my God. Yeah. My grandmom had heart disease. And my dad had diabetes. And there's cancer in my family. And, it, and, and, and you go, it puts you in this place of 
not having control. It puts you in a position of weakness. It makes you feel like a bit of a failure with nothing you can do about it. I personally hate the question of does it run in your family? Do your parents, do your grandparents, do your aunts, do your uncles? For those two reasons, you can't change that. So you go from being powerful to powerless. But number two, the the more important reason why I don't like it is because it's not nearly as important as your lifestyle. Your lifestyle has probably 90% influence of your health outcome, maybe five to 10% on your genes. So it's really not important. But your doc, but you don't, you're, you're not told that. So you walk away feeling like a victim. Gosh, I am a victim of my genes and I can't change that. But all that's important, that's, that is so important for you to understand is 90% of your health outcome is based on the food you eat, how much you move, are you getting sleep? Are you controlling your stress and are you abusing, you know, drugs, alcohol, uh, those types of substances? If we take care of those things and we surround ourselves with support and people that we love, well, that's what determines your health outcome more than anything. Yes, there are a few people that will have a genetic disorder that makes a difference. But really, it's fairly, I mean, today we're going to talk about diabetes, but it just reminds me of cholesterol. And what got me into this place is I had high cholesterol and my grandmama had high cholesterol and my mama had high cholesterol before she changed her diet. And there is something called familial hypercholesterolemia. Long word for high cholesterol that runs in your family. One out of 250 people have it. In other words, 249 out of 250, it depends on what you eat. Now, yes, you could be the unlucky one out of 250. And unfortunately, I've had a client who was one of those one out of 250. Didn't matter what she ate. But 249 out of 250 people, what you eat has a much greater impact on your cholesterol than your family history. Same thing with cancer. Same thing with cancer. There is a small percentage of people that doesn't matter. But the vast majority, the food that you eat, if you're moving, getting sleep, has is what's going to determine whether or not you get cancer and if that cancer is going to metastasize. I have seen cancer reversed with food, sleep, exercise, and treatment. 
I have seen cancer reverse where doctors were shocked. Where doctors were, I don't understand why this cancer is shrinking. Because doctors aren't trained on the power of food, sleep, exercise, movement, reducing stress. That's not their training. Today, I'm going to share with you what bothers me more than anything about medicine. And for some reason, diabetes just bothers me so much because I know it's the number one cause of blindness, number one cause of kidney failure, number one cause of limb amputation. You're at a 23-fold higher risk of heart attack and stroke. And the way that doctors treat it, it will never go in remission. That is not even their goal. Their goal is not remission. And that just, that just bothers me. Uh, because their goal should be, listen, their goal, sh if you have lung cancer and you're a smoker, the doctor's going to tell you, I can do everything I can to treat this condition, but unless you stop smoking, there is nothing we can do. Patients should receive the same level of knowledge, information, and respect if they are eating a poor diet full of junk food, processed foods, processed meats, animal-based uh, foods, and dairy. If they have diabetes, they should be told this is a foodborne illness. If you have heart disease, they should be told this is a foodborne illness. For the vast majority of the people, maybe you're the one out of 250 that's got something that you can't affect, but maybe you're the 249 out of the 250 and you can control it. I want to show you three slides today. This is a part of a hour presentation, but I just distilled it down to three slides. In the area of diabetes, what do meat, fish, dairy, cheese, and eggs have in common? They're all high in saturated fats. Their saturated fats can cause insulin resistance. What is insulin resistance? Insulin resistance is when the signal between insulin and the cell are impaired. And saturated fat can cause that. Insulin resistance is the cause of type 2 diabetes. 
Meat, cheese, fish, dairy, and eggs also have saturated fat that impairs insulin signaling to the muscle cell. Here's the thing that bothers me about these foods and what most doctors will tell their patients. They will say that meat, cheese, fish, dairy, eggs are low glycemic index foods, meaning they're low in carbohydrates, so they should be favored. You should eat meat, fish, dairy, eggs. You should eat it because the glycemic index is low. What does that mean? That means the amount of carbohydrates, which it's low in, converts to glucose at a low level. And they're right. They're right. These foods are low glycemic index, but they cause insulin resistance. These low glycemic index, low glycemic index alone can make diabetes worse because of the saturated fat. The ideal dietary plan for remission. Now, this should be the goal of every doctor that's treating someone with diabetes, but it's not. Remission should be the goal. And if remission were the goal, the guidelines should be, number one, a whole food plant-based diet made up of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, lentils, split peas, chickpeas, potatoes, and other plant-based foods. Number one, a whole food plant-based diet. Number two, eliminate the oils and the animal-based foods. Number three, number three should be low glycemic index. I'm not saying glycemic index is not important. I'm saying it's not the most important. The most important is the saturated fat in animal foods is what's causing the problem. So low glycemic index should be three, followed by get as much fiber as possible. Now, now, nothing brings this home more than this slide right here. This slide right here is actual numbers of a type one diabetic. Only difference between type one and type two is type one, the pancreas is no longer making insulin. So all of the insulin has to be injected for the type one diabetes. Okay, but a type one diabetic can still be insulin resistant. If the type one diabetic is still eating a ton of meat, cheese, fish, dairy, eggs, and processed foods, that will still make them insulin resistant. It's just that now they'll have to inject more insulin. And that's what I want to show you here. This is number, these are numbers I'm about to show you of a type one diabetic who went on a low carb diet, which a low carb diet makes sense. If you have type one diabetes, it makes sense because since carbohydrates convert to glucose, it makes all the sense in the world. Well, then eat less of the carbohydrates and then you get less blood glucose. That makes sense. But it ignores the fact that the low carb diet is full of saturated fats and that causes insulin resistance. So what happened to this case that just illustrates it so well. This is a type one diabetic 
that was eating low carb, only 125 carbs a day. And then he switched to eating plant-based and his, and his carb, he ate five times more carbohydrates. The result is his fat content went down. We, that would make sense. If you go from a low carb diet to a plant-based diet, the amount of fat that you're going to eat is going to drop like crazy. The amount of carbs you eat go up. He ate five times more carbs. Now, when he was eating low carb, only 125 carbohydrates. Then he went to eating 650 carbohydrates. How much insulin do you think he needed when he increased his carbohydrate intake fivefold? Clearly, he needed more insulin, probably five times more insulin. Less than half. I'm, I'm sorry, about half, a little more than half. Wait a minute. This goes against everything you've been told. This goes against every, look at this. Carbohydrate intake goes up five times. Insulin is almost cut in half. That is not what we are told. We are told to take our medication and count and control our carbs. What we should be told is when you eat plant-based, it makes the system more efficient. It is the saturated fat that is loaded in this low-carb diet that makes glucose build up in the bloodstream because they ate five times more carbs and required less insulin. Their insulin sensitivity uh, for every one unit of insulin that controlled three grams of carbohydrate. How about on this side? For every one unit of insulin, it chrome 27 grams of carbohydrates. That means that their insulin sensitivity increased by 800%. That's the story that should be told. That's the story that should be, and it is not. Type 2 diabetes remains the leading cause of blindness, the leading cause of limb amputation, the leading cause of kidney failure, 23 times higher risk of heart disease and stroke. And today, Millions of people are being told to eat a low glycemic index diet, watch, count your carbs, and take your meds. And if you count your carbs, 
meat, cheese, fish, dairy, eggs have no carbs. Ah, that's all I got to do. Eat more meat, cheese, fish, dairy, eggs. It's got no carbs. That's the secret. And you're making the problem worse. You're feeding your muscle cells more saturated fat. And your insulin sensitivity is getting worse. Worse. The instructions that you are getting is making the problem worse. If you know somebody that has type 2 diabetes, please have them to see a plant-based doctor. Plant-based telehealth is my go-to because they are registered all in all 50 states and have a plant-based doctor tell them what I'm telling you. And then if they need coaching help, have them call me because I can help them make that transition. All right. Uh, 21 minutes after the hour, um, let me open it up for any questions or comments on anything that I have discussed thus far. If there is no one else, I definitely, I have some concerns I would love for you to address. Um, oh my goodness. I cannot believe, how can you possibly say that these doctors, I mean, oh, I've heard you say that these doctors don't know, right? About the, the, the benefits of plant-based health and they're, they're not telling us about the meat, you know, the, the, the causes of these, these, these health concerns. How can they not know? Like they're eating, what are they eating? Like, for example, when you go to the Chinese restaurant, right? When you're eating on the buffet line and you see what the people at the Chinese restaurant are eating, they don't eat off the line. They eat the food from the back, right? And it's different. They, they say, hey, we'll give y'all this craziness, but we ain't even eating this. How can these doctors who have these degrees and make all of this money not, do they really not know or are they benefiting from, from, a lifestyle of disease. How do they really not know? That's a great question. That's a great question. And I think the answer is both. I think that there certainly are many doctors that understand this. If, well, let me, let me tell you a story about a, 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 a friend of mine, Dr. Neil Cooper. Uh, my golfing buddy in 2012, you know, doc, prior to 2012, Dr. Cooper, he's a fit guy. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a fit guy, uh, meat and potatoes guy, exercise all the time. You know, he ran, he lifted weights. He's, he's a really fit guy. And he's a doctor. He works for Kaiser. And in May of 2012, Dr. Cooper did his workout in the morning, took a shower. He was in the locker room getting dressed to go upstairs and work. And he suffered a heart attack. He was 
in a medical facility. You know, they got him upstairs and they, you know, they 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 got him stabilized and then got him to a uh, he was in an outpatient facility. They got him to a, you know, to, to a hospital, they t- took care of him. And so that was March of 2012. September of that same year, his wife said, honey, there's a plant-based nutrition conference. I think we need to go. We need to learn more about this. His heart attack was in March. This conference he went to was in September. And he heard all of the people that I have learned from, and he walked away from that conference pissed. He was pissed. How in all of my years of residency, in all of my years of medical school, how could I not have known? He was pissed because that is not in their training. So my answer to you, Stacey, is there are doctors that found out about this circuitously like I did. Um, and there's doctors that just don't know. It is certainly not a part of their training. That is a fact. Um, there certainly are doctors. I have a, a medical doctor now that just signed up for Food Fix University. So I am having the pleasure of training a medical doctor who has is now one of my clients. So I think some know. I think some don't know. It's certainly not a part of their healthcare training. Stan, what you got, brother? I just want to say two things. First of all, thank you so much for the for what you bring to us on this platform because it is definitely such a powerful thing. So neat, and I think Sorel and and Geova and for um, making a decision that vents and. And Rollin have to bring us just because it's just amazing, right? Thanks. The other thing is that we should never underestimate the power of training and the culture in which it is delivered. You can be trained, right? You go through a rigorous training like doctors go through. And in the culture of medicine, you will come out with a medical mindset. Yes. Okay. And it's very, very few. And thank God for those few who hear something and hear differently like your friend did. And they were like, whoa, and they have an aha moment. Most people are going to stick to and be influenced by their training. Yes. Yes, and you are. Fact, you know, that's right. That training is going to influence you. You, it's going to influence you. You know, go ahead and go into the police department. You want to make a change and everything like that. You think you're not going to get influenced by some of that bias that's part in there? Yes, you are. You're going to be influenced. And then, yeah, that is such such a powerful statement, and it's so so true. Their training, their years of training is based on intervention of medicine and the intervention of surgery. Lifestyle is not a part of it. And to your point, four years of medical school, two to four years of residency, 
all of that, you know, and, and, and biochemistry and, you know, they're brilliant people. But lifestyle is not a part of that. And I'll add to what you said. In that in the system that we're in, doctors get trained in one vertical area of cardiology. Or they're trained on one vertical area of a certain of breast cancer or they're trained for urology or they're trained for endocrinology, which is the study of hormones and uh, diabetes is, is, you know, insulin is a hormone. Right. So there's these vertical segments. Who is trained on the entire body? Who is trained on what does sleep have to do with your health? A lot. What does movement have to do with your health? A lot. What does the food have to do with your health? A lot. It's not a part of training. It's just, it just doesn't exist. And so to your point, Stan, they revert back to the medicine and the surgical procedures and this other stuff. It's just not a part of it. It's just not a part of it. That's an excellent point. Uh, and Stacy, I want to go just finish up with one more statistic that goes back to what you said on the doctors uh, and not knowing. And I'll say, share this statistic with you. There's a, uh, I, I go to plant-based nutrition conferences uh, at least one a year, if not two a year. I went to one in Washington, D.C. a couple of weeks ago. And Dr. Kim Williams, uh, who's a brother, uh, who was the past president of the American College of Cardiology, uh, he gave us a fact that I like to share because I've heard him say this many times. The number one cause of death amongst heart doctors is heart disease. They are eating the same foods that we are eating. They're feeding the ham. They're feeding the beef. They're feeding the pork. They're feeding the chicken. They're feeding the cheese. They're feeding that to their family. And they're dying of the same stuff that we are. Heart disease is the number one cause of death amongst heart doctors, cardiologists. And they're taking the same medicine. Because they're taking the same medicine. <laughs> and if you think any of those doctors would tell you you need to be plant-based when they're not feeding it to their own family, of course they're not. Of course they're not. All right. I have maliciously trying to kill their own family. They're just trained to believe this is the way to go. That's it. That's it. They are not trying to kill us. They're not trying to kill their own family. It's it's their it's it's our culture. It's been habitualized. It's kind of all we know. And it's killing us. All right. Uh Brothers, thank you for tuning in. Uh, let me go ahead and uh, wrap up today by reminding us all that we only have one body in this lifetime. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Your body. You only got one. If you don't take care of it, where are you going to live? You only have one body in this lifetime. 
So eat as though your life depends on it because it does. My name is Vince Roundtree and thank you so much for tuning in to The Daily Huddle. And you are sure to get something to improve the quality of your life. Thank you for tuning in. At The Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give of your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel to help you reach your potential each day. Sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give our very best each day. Stress less. According to John Perkins, stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss that stress. Laugh. Laugh out loud. From your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back. You will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love. Most of all, love. With your words, your thoughts, and your actions, power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Go out and share your unique ability to impact the world. Until next time, 